Welcome into the Torah Podcast, and we begin at the beginning of the fourth Aliyah. What an odd mitzvah. avonim, And you shall erect for you stones, gedolos, large, visadata, osam, basid. And plaster them with plaster. Vikosavta aleim as kol divriya Torah. And you should write upon them all of this Torah that I have taught you. Be'evichal. As soon as you cross over the Yardin, Laman Asher Tavo Ela Arts Asher Hashem Elokecha No Sein Lach, so that you come into this land of Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Avas Chalvudvash Kasher Diber Hashem Lekevos Echalach. There's a special mitzvah to write down on these bricks, on these rocks, a certain part of the Torah, and to place them up high, as we'll find in the next Psukim, upon a mountain of Har Evel, so that everyone can see them. It wasn't enough just to write a Sefer Torah. We have to now also put them upon a statue for all to see. The Ramban right here on the Pasuk discusses, well, what was written upon these monuments? Was it all of Torah? Was it a couple psukim? The first answer the Ramban gives, it was a list of all of 613 mitzvahs that we put on these rocks. The second opinion the Ramban brings is that it was the entire Torah. And if it should bother you, how could the entire Torah fit upon these rocks? Well, either these were massive, gargantuan-like rocks, or it was Misa Nisim, it was just a straight-out miracle. Look at Masech the Saita, Daflamid Hayamid Bays, 35b3. And Rabbi Shimon tells us, Vikasulahan Lamata, that everybody agrees that at the bottom of these rocks, you would write one verse. You would write one summarizing synopsis-like verse. Lema'an asher lo yelamdu eschem la'asos kechol hagoyim. They would write at the bottom that these rocks are here so that you should not follow the other nations and serve idolatrous gods. Now anyone who gives thought to this Parsha in the Torah, this subject where it wasn't enough to have the Torah written and for us to read, it was to be plastered for all to see, must wonder. Why did this need to be done? And why specifically did this Pusik need to be written? And if you're going to Paskin or hold maybe like the Ramban, that it was a list of Pesukim or maybe all the Torah, why did this need to be erected as a monument, as a statue for all to see? To the point that the Torah went out of its way and said, it's not enough just to write the Torah. No, they must become statues and monuments for everyone to see. Rabbi Yeruchim Levavitz, the great spiritual dean of Yeshiva Asmir during the Roaring Twenties, compares this to a company's mission statement. He takes it as a very practical approach. Well, Kalal Yisrael is crossing the Yardin after all, and we're about to step into our new business mindset, our new stomping grounds, the Eretz Kena'an. And we needed a mission statement. Every company has what they stand for, why they're special, what they refrain from doing that will be able to be taught to their employees, and everyone can look to if they ever get off track to get back onto track. Continues Rabbi Rucham that at a point like this in Klal Yisrael's upcoming future, we were going to be stepping into our land and life would commence as it was going to over the next coming future days. We were going to be living in Eretz Yisrael, and life was going to be there was going to be a certain normalcy in our life. Says Rabbi Rocham, we needed to set up a mission statement. It seems like it wouldn't have been enough just 
to be able to have our Torah written. It needed to be up there, plastered on the rocks for all to look up and to see these are our mission statements. This is what we stand for. The 613, there it is. If I ever veer off, boom, there are my 613. And if we're going to paskin, like the Gemara says, Reb Shimon told us it was just that one Pusik, do not act like the idolatrous nations that to do Avodah Zarah, that would even more summarize and make concise the idea of serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu and do not stray. A mission statement. A company motto. See, it's already been maintained and posited by the great Shloyme HaMelech that imtach pesenok hakesef. If you will search after Ruchnius in fear of God, like money, then you'll understand Hashem and you will reach fear of heaven. You must search after it like a business, like Kesef. Continuing this same muscle of creating mission statements and company mottos, the Chavetz Chaim took it a step further and told us that we know that there are famously three special mitzvot that are defined by the Torah as an os, as a sign. That is Shabbos, Bris Milah, and Tefillin. These three mitzvot, says the Chafetz Chaim, are an os because they're the sign above the store. As long as the Yid, the Jew, is continuing in his Yiddish guide very faithfully, then his store is open. And if he strays from the path, perhaps the store isn't doing well. But as long as that sign is up, his store is still open for business. As long as he still does the tefillin, the Shabbos and the bris milah, those are the minimal requirements. At least the store is still, we are open, please come in. When a person loses those, he's lost his oath, he's lost his sign. Each Jew is his own LLC, his own company. He has his own profit margins and where he can succeed and his own places that if he doesn't cut costs, the business might go under. Search after it like money. Rabbi Rucham tells us that it's imperative that each person have a mission statement. Each individual Yid's LLC should be able to look up and to see a mission statement. This is what I am. This is what I'm great at. This is where perhaps I could go wrong, and that can continue to bump us back on track. This is what we call, or the Bali Musar call, a cheshben hanefesh, an accounting, an analysis of what am I, what am I good at, and what do I need to strengthen. The Messias Hashem in Parak Beis tells us that the Yet Sahara's main trick is to never let us make this accounting, to never let us think of to know thyself. To understand what am I and what do I need to do? Ki because he knows. If a man would think, if he would place his mind upon his actions for a second, it's as if now, he would begin right now to stop his ways. It for sure that he will forsake his path. And he will do well in life. It all is about the cheshbon ha-nefesh and making an analysis of where you are in life and what you need to do. Creating this company slogan and this mission statement. It's so important that the Yitzhahara convinces us that this is for the scholars, for the upper class, for the gedolei oilam. But no, this is not true. This is for the beginners. 
This is for the beginners, those that want to embark upon the path of righteousness. Step one is to make this accounting. Reb Chaim Valozhin, the great Rosh Yeshiva of Yeshivas Valozhin, said that there's something called Iker and Tafel, a main and a secondary. And we know that that applies in certain areas of making brachos properly. We often only bless the Iker and we can potter, exempt the Tafel in the bracha. But in our fight against the Yetzahara, or more specifically, the Yetzahara's fight with us, he often dangles the tuffel, the secondary fight, in front of our eyes so that we will forget and not look where the Iker, the main fight, should be. We can liken this to that horrible and treached day where the health inspector shows up at a camp and a new young counselor has been volunteered to show him around to make sure there are no electric strips or circuit breakers, blenders, or microwaves inside the bunkhouse that are all prohibited. He'll show him around and say, see, there's nothing in the bunkhouse. Knowing that maybe in the back room there was an illegal microwave, he'll bring him past that room and say, no, that's nothing. That's just the uh, the back laundry room. No need to go in there. The Sahara can make us involved with so many different negative things and distract us, and even ma'alos, mitzvos, and Torah, but all to keep us from looking in the room that we need to. All from making the cheshbon, the analysis of what am I, what do I struggle with, and what do I need to do? ba'olamo, what is my obligation today? The cheshbon nefesh can be made in the bathroom, in the shower, when you're walking to work, when you're walking to yeshiva, but all it takes is 30 seconds of thought. Just thinking about our actions. Klal Yisrael was commanded to erect these monuments. This monument of a thesis statement of don't survive Aydazara and don't go in the idolatrous ways and said serve Hashem. Or if we learn like the first opinion of the Ramban, all of the 613 mitzvahs are there as our thesis statement, mission statement, business motto something that we can look to if we ever get distracted. It would be in your best interest, says every Bali Moser that's ever lived, to make an accounting. Because the second that you make an accounting, you know what your mission is. You now know what you must do. Ramchal Alain, at the beginning of his Messias Yeshar, and perhaps his magnum opus, opens with his thesis statement, What's the point of life? What should a Jew be working on? She is barer v'yisamets. He should clarify and make true. Eitel ha'adam. In the mind of a person. What is my job? What is my personal responsibility? For the Eitzahara could make us for 70 years work and toil in Torah and mitzvos, But never let us see the ikker. Never, never let us find the microwaves and power cords hidden in the back laundry room. Klali Yisrael could not take one step inside of Eretz Yisrael without these massive boulders plastered with our business motto above on a mountain for all to see. What shall we say 3,000 years later stuck in a foreign land and been in exile for thousands of years?
Therefore, concludes Rabbi Yeruchim, it would only make sense for us to plaster our mission statements on our company's walls and inside of our houses so that we can remind ourselves of our job in life. This way we will define, clarify, and then conquer.